How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagney here, welcoming you to edition 24 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today, like Bobby Lashley, is soft-spoken, and uh, also like Bobby Lashley, he couldn't pass a wellness test right now either. It's Justin Shapiro, everyone. How you doing, Justin? Uh, it's phenomenal to be here, Joseph. Um, That's... As well as ever, to be quite honest with you. I see. Good to know. And All right. A, oh, sorry, but question, have I added correctly, am I a four-time guest on this program? You have a four-peated to uh, Holy make up a word. Wow. That is... That's the record, correct? It is. Although, um, well, you and the Cubs fan both shared a show. That may be half an appearance. I don't know. I may need a ruling. Three and a half times? Three and a half. That's something. All right. That's still got... Because it's still pretty rarefied air. I think so. Because people are always saying, you know, oh, Justin, how do do you do it? How do you stay at the top of your game? How do you be a three and a half time guest on Joe vs. the World? And, you know, I just tell them, you know, don't get complacent. Because, um... You know, you gotta you gotta keep working. The day you think you've got nothing left to learn about the wrestling business is the day that I have nothing left to teach you. <laughs> if I make a T-shirt, I think that quote will probably go on it. <laughs> All right, and then on the back, the Joe vs. the World uh, symbol. Sure. Uh, that, that Thomas Feely created. Tom Feely, that's right, Tom. Not uh, not not Jay Feely or whatever I called him. <laughs> Both excellent Feelys. Sure. Well, we're here today to discuss The Marine, a, uh, a moving picture starring John Cena and um, other people. Um, you know, when I, d- I do this show, it's not really a big sacrifice. Like, you know, I it doesn't really cost anything to do the shows. It doesn't take a, a ton of time to put shows together. Maybe I'll buy a DVD or go, go to a show mostly because I think I can get some mileage out of it, get a show out of it. But it's not, you know, that's not a big deal, but... I when I saw the Marine, that was like the 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 biggest sacrifice I've made for this show. Yeah, um, I would certainly be in the same boat. Um, <laughs> I would not have seen the Marine unless it was um, to fulfill this project that we decided to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, and while watching it, it certainly felt like I was um, doing work to fulfill a project. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, I saw the film the first weekend. You waited till the second, which was kind of risky because we didn't know if it would be in, in theaters for a second weekend. But um, what? Tell us about the crowd you uh, you saw if there if there was one. Um, saw it on a Friday night. Uh, although typically I live in Pittsburgh, PA, the Steel City, the mm-hmm. great city of Pittsburgh, world champions of uh, professional football. Someone told me, and uh, but I was actually uh, not there yesterday. Um, I'm at home, my place of birth, Oil City, Pennsylvania, which is where oil was invented. Um, so I had to drive uh, half an hour or so to find a theater that was showing it because um, we don't really uh, have a super blockbuster cinema extravaganza type place because um, the economy is really bad and everyone is depressed. So, um, But... So I went to it in a uh, adjacent town who is playing the film, and uh, it's a college town, but um, still very small. Right, because it's a college town. That's why college sure. towns are college towns. But uh, so it was a theater. Um, yeah, this would be the second week, so the second Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were about seven people in the theater. <laughs> wow. When um when I saw it on uh, and great I saw it um the the Saturday 
the day after it came out on on the afternoon, there were uh, a dozen people in the theater, including the the man in front of me when the WWE Films logo appeared. He was surprised. He did not know this was a WWE film. (laughs) How can that be? (laughs) He was was watching football or or, uh, Two and a Half Men or whatever. He saw the commercial. He's like, hey, this looks action-packed. This John Cena, he's got some charisma there. Uh, (laughs) I'm drawn to this. I'm going to see this film, and I'm like, wow. wow. Credit to the um, to the uh, people who put the trailer together then, because like from what I can tell, just the impression I've got, everybody in the theater at my showing was there because they were already a wrestling fan. Mm. Um, just from the, uh, the the look of them, really, and yeah. because they were um, you know kind of popping for certain things that you oh. would. That's the terminology we use. Um, but for someone to actually see the Marine with no knowledge of where it derives from and just say, this Marine looks like something worth checking out, pretty, or, you know, you're sitting on the couch and you turn to someone like, yeah, you know, maybe. I don't, because it looks, you know, from the, I don't see why not. We should, let's think about it. So, that is bizarre. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, anyway, we should talk. Why don't you tell us about the, the graphic that opened uh, the movie? <laughs> the graphic um, is, well, it was kind of like a completely colored background, was it not? Yeah. And then with um, the real-life image of Cena stuck on it, like a bad <laughs> Photoshop. And it was, it was John was in perhaps the most ridiculous sight ever. Yeah, because people concentrate, have been, uh, you know, wowed by the graphic and in all of its splendor. I couldn't take my eyes off of Cena in that uniform because he he may as well have been wearing a clown costume for as comfortable as he looked in that. It was like the, the exact um, the exact outfit you would see um, for the commercials for, you know, joining the army or the marines or hmm. presumably one of those where you see the soldier and he's like yeah army of one don't you want to join it you're one so it, it pictured that exact image of john cena wearing the um awkwardly wearing a marine outfit and uh plastered on a um i can't and like i said completely distracted from the background but it was pretty gaudy so maybe you can then uh take over and describe the the actual graphics behind it It was it was like an uh, an american flag kind of design and and john cena does his i I asked you to describe it because literally words fail me at just when when i saw that i'm like we're going to another level with this film and what level whether that level is high or low was uh soon to be determined but if you basically imagined like if if the marine was a wrestler, and that's a, a big stretch I know. Hmm. Think of what the opening uh, picture on his Titan Tron video would yes, be. Yes, that's it, that's it. Boom, the Marine, standing there with the flag and bright colors. So. Yeah. All right, well, the movie opens, and uh, actually, we should talk about John Cena. John Cena plays John Triton, which is... Uh, a good name if you're an action hero. If he was named um, Irving Bushmiller or something, I think something would have been lost in the translation. Mortimer Dipthon. Yeah. 
<laughs> but he's uh, he's in Iraq, and some some Marines have been held uh, prisoner by Al Qaeda. And uh, John wants to go in there and kick some ass, but um, he says uh, he calls for backup and says he has to wait. But since uh, his buddies are about to die, he uh, he goes and kicks some ass, and um, then he finds himself uh, getting kicked out of the Marines, which uh, kind of makes the title a moot point because he's only a Marine for about five minutes out of the whole film. Right for for a movie called The Marine, he hardly did anything um, remotely Marine-like. Hmm. Uh, he did not do any um, marinating, as it were. Uh, hmm. Like it might have been called um, just the strong guy, or <laughs> the guy jumping out of the way of explosions, or basically riding explosions, concussive forces, like he was surfing them. Concussive but, force, the film. Yeah. Um, but that opening sequence was really one for the books. Um, it really, really kicked things off uh, with a with a bang. Um, because, you know, where was the scene set? Um, I, I believe, according to the text on the screen, it was Al-Qaeda headquarters, comma, <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> so, like... Purportedly, there is no known link between uh, Al-Qaeda and Saddam, so the filmmakers just decided to, to create one anyway. Like, see? <laughs> there you go. Al-Qaeda headquarters is located right there in the country of Iraq. What more do you need to know? Yep. And not only that, but Cena doesn't just rescue some POWs, which stands for prisoners of war, mm-hmm. but he rescues them as they are in a very timely, timely scene, they are moments away from being beheaded <laughs> by the members of Al-Qaeda, who are filming one of those, um, well, presumably to be uploaded on YouTube, the beheading <laughs> So I, I can't think of a better start, especially Al-Qaeda headquarters, the sure. country of Iraq. Like, like if you had a, a Cold War movie starring... Um, Danny Hodge, maybe, and, and in the first scene of the Danny Hodge Cold War movie, they invaded Hitler's house, comma Russia. So, what would the Danny yeah. Hodge uh, Cold War movie be called? Um, we need a title. In the grip. In the yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, um, commie crushing. Yeah. What, what? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no military. Operation takedown. Operation take perfect. Okay. Okay, I'm no military expert. I, I never watched Jag or anything like that. But um, he got in trouble for saving uh, lives. Would, would he have gotten a medal if he just let him die? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of a little puzzled by that. It's highly frowned upon to um, go above and beyond the call of duty because okay. no one even said. I could understand if someone had a, at one point uh, explicitly and sternly told John Triton that mm-hmm. that is an order marine. But no one did that. He was just like, uh, someone is about to die, and I better do something. So for that, uh, you know, it's just another blemish on this administration, you know. Those guys those guys don't really know what they're doing. Well. So, um, but <clears throat> that, uh, I'm still just blown away by that. Yeah. It was basically um, Al-Qaeda headquarters. <laughs> I think that was a... A preview of, um, what's his name? Oh, we got to see what the uh, John Cena versus Muhammad Hassan main event program would have been like. (laughs) 
Well, I don't know what had as many guns in it. But. Well, there was. Um, they did do their own beheading, so. Oh well. Well, sometimes you do need props in a match, and. Yeah. But um, I think they, they missed the golden opportunity here. I'm surprised Vince McMahon didn't insist that like John Kerry or Ted Kennedy showed up and it went bad mouth in the troops, <laughs> and John Cena could have punched him out, and then he he would have gotten kicked out of the Marines, but. Sadly, no. That is genius. Because, yeah. you know, or perhaps a member of the media. <laughs> yes. So, trying to, if they would have um, knocked on Cena's door and tried to get some incriminating quotes while being really condescending. Yeah. And he finally yeah. reared. The reporter could have been played by Jonathan Coachman, perhaps. He could have been called Mill Fushnik. <laughs> yes. Um, and so. But uh, yeah. no, John was uh, the Marine. Spent five minutes of the movie in the Marines until yep. he was kicked out of the Marines for being a hero. Too much of mm-hmm. a hero. Too much for not playing by the rules and going by he, the book. He can't play by everyone's rules. He's so, his own man. He, well, you know, and, he basically said, "Rock fuels." <laughs> fuels. <laughs> well, then he goes home and. Um, I guess he had sex with his wife. It was a PG-13 film, so you know, no real details. Maybe he went to play PlayStation. I don't know. But uh, they were they were in his underwear, so I'll assume they had these the sexual relations. And uh, I felt bad for uh, Kelly Clarkson, Clarks, whoever, some woman who will never work again, because that must have been like kissing an oak tree, making out with John Cena. Let me tell you. Oh, um, yeah. I thought Kelly C did a did an okay job, you know, comparatively. Sure. From some of the um, thespians of this film, <laughs> but um, definitely the most cringeworthy parts for her was when she had to to sell John's super hot, super hotness like she was um, a WWE diva in the midst of mm. a strip poker game. Yep, just uh, fawning over him really. But um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that John Triton and his wife had intercourse. So we didn't see it, so it was tastefully done. But they had sex in this film, um, which I don't know because Kelly, uh, I think she's on the acclaimed cable drama Nip Tuck. Oh, so she's probably had worse things happen to her than having to have sex with Cena. Like um, she probably has had. Uh, her ear replaced with uh, a second clitoris or something like that. So, um, but uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, this was uh, she really had to sacrifice something for this part. A lot of sacrifice involved in this movie. But anyway, we had Robert Patrick, who was uh, named Rome, and uh, and some of his goons uh, rob a jewelry store. And I swear, for about thirty seconds, I thought, okay, maybe Robert Patrick's going to be cool. Maybe he can carry this film. But uh. No, that didn't last long. All the, you know, all the humor, it just, it just sucked in this film. Like the Terminator line where, to jump ahead a bit, one of his flunkies says, you know, this guy's like the Terminator in reference to John Cena not dying. And Robert Patrick gives him a look in the rearview mirror like, wah, 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 you know. And, yeah, and it was... Ugh. A subtle wink to we the viewers. We're in on a joke together. Uh, created camaraderie betwixt film and film viewer. But, uh, no, it was uh, kind of, um, I guess, not unsettling so much as just 
just really bizarre. Yeah. Because the villains in this movie, they were written kind of like WWE heels, I guess, where they're, <laughs> you know, supposedly really evil and cruel, but mm-hmm. then they're constantly doing comedy. Hmm. Like every so often the movie would just stop and this bizarre comedy interlude would occur. Yeah. But anyway, back to uh, John Triton. He gets a job as a security guard and hangs out with his fat buddy. Um, some some guy shows up, uh, yells at his girlfriend, so John kicks him out. But the guy is friends with, I guess, Colombian drug dealers or something, and a fracas ensues. And John throws the guy through a plate glass window and uh, gets uh, canned and uh, gets canned faster than Mari Gennetti uh, making an blaze <laughs> comeback. Right, because um, the defining question. Um, raised with the viewer for the beginning of the movie is like the Marines is all John Triton knows, you know mm-hmm. he don't know nothing else, it's all it's ingrained in him, being a Marine so you know, what's John Triton going to do with his life post-Marine and um, ultimately the film doesn't really answer that no because, it doesn't um, we're la- he basically what John Triton does with his life post Marines is continue to get into really violent fights. So, I think uh, prison is in uh, in his future, but uh, we'll save that for the end. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, so John and uh, Kelly C decide to go away, uh, possibly to escape litigation for throwing that guy through a window. Yes. And, and as they're driving, there's this there's this moment where. John says he knows the mountains because his dad used to take him and his brother there because no one could hear them scream. And I'm like, what? Did his dad molest, torture them? What What, the, what does that have to do with anything? Why did they mention his brother, who, who unless it was the fat guy, uh, d- didn't show up in this film? No, nor nothing related to John's past, nor the mountains, nor uh, yeah. receiving a five-knuckle shuffle from his father. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they didn't yeah. even go in the mountains. I no. think it okay. This will the climax will be in the mountains where John knows the terrain and he'll whoops. No, they, it was in the swamp the whole time. It was completely um, a non sequitur, as we would uh, describe it uh, in highfalutin terms. But it was, it was another one of those. It was mostly these um, just out of nowhere little comedy bits. But there was also that where just completely. Um, superfluous scenes for no real reason and they were just really awkward like it it didn't come across like they were improvising quote unquote (laughs) but it was more like like the director told them you know we need 45 more seconds of footage for the runtime so just make something up and we will we will film it sure improv god speaking of non sequiturs and baffling scenes the um the uh, black guy in Rome's gang goes to buy a car and recognizes a football player who's apparently a criminal and tries to get him to admit it. And I, I, I didn't, I just didn't know at this point. Completely baffling. Uh, and this is like 45 to a minute long, 45 yes. seconds or a minute of just him trying to convince former Oakland Raiders offensive tackle Lincoln Kennedy to admit who he was. <laughs> it, it was kind of like the, basically the same philosophy of um, getting the rub from celebrities to show up in the front row on Raw, and whoever it is, we will 
put them front and center to, to show what a hip product we are, and then the best you can come up with is the lead singer of some crap band who plays on the latest um, WWE music CD. <laughs> yeah. So the Marine wanted some some really cool cameos, and they found um, Lincoln Kennedy, ex-football mm. player, brief uh, NFL network analyst. And uh, so they spent some time debating whether or not he was really Lincoln Kennedy. And the punchline yep. was, he, he was, was Lincoln Kennedy. Well, um, interestingly, the, the, the Jewel Thief uh, plot and the John Triton plot actually connected. I thought it would be like Crimes and Misdemeanors by Woody <laughs> Allen, where they were two separate stories. Right. But, um, yeah, there's, everyone uh, was at a gas station where um, uh, cops show up, and the black guy flips out and shoots uh, one of them. John Triton gets hit in the face with a fire extinguisher in a gratifying moment. And his wife gets kidnapped, and uh, despite the fact the whole station gets blown up, John is uh, amazingly unharmed. Surf's a big explosion. Yep, they, that was uh, explosion one. Yeah, one of perhaps three or four times where he dove out of a, a place <laughs> that was blowing up. Um, yeah, um, I like your idea of dueling narratives um, or parallels. Sure. And they don't even interact the whole time. I would have preferred to see Cena and his wife just take a vacation, see what happens, yeah. maybe have a good time. Mm-hmm. And um, the criminal element could just uh, continue to do their thing, be weird, and, and do their um, awkward sketch comedy. <laughs> but uh, sure enough, um, it um, converged in huh. terrifying fashion, at least for John Triton. So. Sure. Well, he gets in a police car, which was apparently a Porsche, and which I believe had two flat tires in the back, and um, chases down the crooks. And they, this may have been the most ludicrous point in the film, where the car is shot a thousand times. Um, it's literally riddled with bullets. At one point, John Triton holds up a bulletproof vest with his arm <laughs> to block bullet fire, and this is fine. And uh, stuff happens. The, his car explodes in the swamp. Uh, the bad guys get stuck, but John is an ex-Marine. He survives and uh, goes after them. I'm not sure we even see how John survives. We're just left with the assumption that because he is the Marine, he... Because hmm. we don't see the car... Well, the car goes from a police vehicle, and then the um, windshield is punched out. And hmm. then that must be when we... Or was it... Yeah, then the, the top gets knocked off. And it mm-hmm. turns into a, what do you call cars with no top? A uh, convertible? Bingo. Um, so then it, it, it's converted. Uh, and it, I think that's when John uses the bulletproof vest as a, like a renaissance shield, which mm. is probably the defining moment of the film. <laughs> um, and then the car goes over the cliff and obviously explodes in midair before it hits mm. water. Sure. So John dives out of another <clears throat> explosion and... We don't see him, you know, land on the rocks and hold on, or we don't see him land in the water and swim out. He just kind of disappears for a while and then reemerges in the woods. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a deleted scenes on the DVD that uh, will will make this uh, a bit clearer. Oh yeah, here's hoping. Yeah. Well, anyway, the bad guys take off through the swamp, still taking Kelly C along with them, and uh, she gets uh, she gets slapped or punched roughly 50 times and didn't have a mark on her the whole film. <laughs> no. Not that I want to see battered women, but I mean, come on. Like every um, scene with the villains would end with Kelly waking up, uh, <laughs> bitching at them, hollering like a woman does, 
and uh, get punched in the face and knocked out again. And yep. uh, her makeup uh, stays perfect throughout, and every hair in place is perfectly uh, boingy, and she's thrown on the ground two dozen times, so I don't know. Yep. If I were to try to explain away that plot hole, my theory would be, um, and you can agree or disagree, I believe her love for John Triton kept it that way. It works for me. Oh, I should also note that um, that Rome shoots uh, one of his uh, white henchmen for reasons I'm really not clear with, because he was uh, the white guy who was shot was yelling at the black guy. And even though the black guy was really the cause of all their problems, uh, Rome felt he was more uh, necessary to the team than this uh, anonymous white guy. Mm-hmm. He, I, apparently, it was to um, say without saying, which is a screenwriting term, that um, uh, Rome is an insane man. So he's completely uh, off the handle, I guess. Okay. Or he knew that they needed to keep the black guy around uh, so he could do his monologue in, <laughs> the, in the shack. The yeah. shack. We'll get to that. Sure. Oh, there's also a uh, detective running around who seemed to be in the wrong movie. And uh, I like this guy because he really <laughs> seemed to be... He seemed to have just wandered in from another movie. <laughs> and he, he had no problem letting John Cena go ape shit on these guys. Although that, that did make some sense later on, but right. again, we'll get to that with The Shack. So, um, in the bad, oh, okay, next point, the, everyone's running and the bad guys go to a shack. Oh, no, and uh, John runs into drug dealers, hillbillies? I wasn't sure about this. Hillbilly um, drug dealers, I guess? I guess. I, guess, I thought they, they were stacking bricks of, I, I thought, was cocaine. Right. I wasn't, this wasn't made terribly clear, but um, <clears throat> this was padding in the greatest sense of the word. Oh, yeah, it was like, he's kidnapped by two men in the woods who mm-hmm. are like southern caricatures uh, paranoid anti-government uh, mm. deliverance types but it's not because they're um, woodsy backwoods people it's because they have some kind of meth laboratory which mm. they take John to and uh, I d- he was tied to a chair and I did like how he escaped by um by breaking the chair and yeah. pretty much hurting himself in the process. But, um, it was one of the more innovative um, yeah. moments in the movie, along with the bulletproof vest being held sure. as a shield. And I did like um, I did like the the uh, the spin kick he unleashed. Mm-hmm. Which, if this took five months to film, I, I think that kick took about probably four of them with retakes. John's John... moveset, he did a <laughs> spin heel kick and a choke slam. So. That's true, he did. He did, so... um. He's uh he's even even off for away from the WWE. He expands the repertoire. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up for him. But um, did the hillbilly's house blow up or did John just run away? Hmm, I can't say with great certainty. But if we were to err on the side of caution, I would say with the amount of flammable liquid in there, it should be pretty safe to assume that that place exploded. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, the bad guys find a an abandoned shack or bar or whatever this was and uh the the black guy relates a story about how I guess he got um raped at summer camp uh this was almost as baffling as the Lincoln Kennedy scene but still very very baffling it's just the, the most I, that's definitely what I took most from the movie was who decided or the writer when he wrote when he penned this script when he auteured it is he he was decided to put in some moments of levity 
and he just like stuck them in there for no reason mm-hmm. and would sit down and, and just write these little sketch comedy scenes that would last like a minute or two minutes where everything would basically stop and then the ensemble of villains would act out these humorous uh, morality plays. Mm. And this one about summer camp was by far the weirdest because a running joke through the movie, I think, going back to the Lincoln-Kennedy scene, was uh, the black guy had cocaine stuck up his, his anus, perhaps? So this tied into that. Like, one of, um, either um, Rome or Rome's assistant bad guy type mm-hmm. made some kind of joke about summer camp and doing, doing gay stuff there mm. at summer camp. And then, so the black guy just kind of stopped and was like, yeah, here is a story about summer camp where I did gay stuff. Yeah, he kept saying he hated hard candy throughout the film. And then I guess what was revealed, the, the, the camp counselor who molested him, I guess, gave him hard candy to, right. I guess, make it okay for him to... It was very, very confusing. Unless but. hard candy is a euphemism. I thought he was being literal, like literal hard candy. Oh, either he, either like he gave him hard candy or he gave him, wink, wink, oh. hard candy. Oh. Oh. Huh. We're going to have to get the uh, the Bantam book uh, adaption of the Marine to see <laughs> what it's, which actually does exist. <laughs> really? It, I, I saw it in a bookstore. I'm like, wow. It's not a comic book? No, it was not. No pictures. It's uh, a novelization. For... It was a novelization of the. That's great because we can picture. get a lot of more backstory about Cena's family. And I hope so. His molestation as a child. Great. Well, they uh, they send the black guy outside to fix the generator. Uh, John Triton finds him and kills him. They have a fight to the death, and uh, no one, I guess, hears this, even though they're in the swamp with no noise. I guess they. I don't know what they thought was going on, but they abandoned shack. This is. Also, another jarring, strange part of the movie as far as, like, the psychology of characters, because it basically turned into a situation where the villains got picked off one by one, Mm -hmm. like they were a group of teenagers in a slasher movie. Like, like the same thing probably happened in See No Evil with the cast of kids. Probably. The the wrestler uh, stalks them finds them one by one, and kills them. So it wasn't really that heroic. I mean, granted, <laughs> John was a, being a hero because these were bad people who had his wife, but the nature of him overcoming the adversity was not that uh, inspirational. No. Uh, they send the other white guy out there, and uh, John kills him too, and chokeslams him. Yes. Through a crate. And then uh, the uh, detective guy shows up, but he turns out to be a bad guy in cahoots with Rome. In Rome, we have our, uh, I believe, our third massive explosion of the movie as he blows up the shack, but John dives to safety into the swamp as Rome escapes with uh, his uh, mistress, girlfriend, whatever, and uh, John Triton's wife. Right, and this is the the, um, immortalized moment of the film from the the raw uh, previews where Rome utters the titular line uh, in response to the question, what happened? And he says, the Marine showed up. So this is mm-hmm. the point in the movie when the Marine showed up. Well, he had showed up much earlier and was actually not a Marine. But, right. But uh, yeah. Irregardless. Uh, or regardless. Irregardless. Um, 
Right, and I, is it? Do I remember correctly? Was the second henchman killed? Was his life ended by the choke slam into the crate? Um, did that kill him, or did something else kill him? I don't think that killed him. Okay. I could be. Oh, uh, maybe it knocked him out. I remember. I think he was dumped on top of the um, the black guy's body who was dead, and uh, then the detective showed up. Okay. Yeah. And then, so he probably got blown up in the explosion. Yes. Oh, okay. good, great point. But, yeah, the huge, huge twist. Nobody ever saw it coming. The detective, nope. Rome, uh, while discussing his, his evil deeds, his plots mm-hmm. on a cellular telephone, uh, with a mysterious other voice on the line, was like, ah, uh, you know, we have this plan. And then other voices were like, you're out of control, Rome. <laughs> you got to get it together. You're going to screw this whole thing up, Rome. <laughs> And then Rome would be like, hey, buddy, I got the diamonds. What are you going to do about it? You think I'm crazy? You ain't seen crazy yet, mysterious accomplice. And then in the um, climactic scene, the mysterious accomplice was revealed to be the detective. Mm-hmm. So he was going to double cross or cross Cena. Uh, mm-hmm. But then a moment's hesitation gave John the opening to escape. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was that. Well, John survived the explosion, and a cop shows up, a real mean one, who was, uh, what a jerk. So uh, John beats him up and steals his boat while the bad guys steal a big rig truck. John tracks him down, and it's like, it's like Night Boat from The Simpsons. Or Remember that episode <laughs> where they had Night Rider, but it was, uh, it was a boat, and, and the, there's like there was always a river nearby so the boat could follow? That's, that's what this felt like to me. Yep. A basic video game um, scenario. Or mm-hmm. a stage on a video game where it's like, follow the escaping <laughs> car on this boat with a river that runs parallel to the road all the way to the marina. And uh, catch them in time. And watch out for ducks in the water, because if you run over them, you know, negative 100 points. So. Don't hit the log. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe maybe this, in a, in a weird meta way, maybe this was like a big video game, and John Cena entered a cheat code. <laughs> He and his wife, which is why his wife was not harmed at all, despite being kicked and punched a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And that's how John, that's how he survived falling out of the car. It didn't matter if he hit the rock. He was on God mode. Ah, oh, Joe, you just unlocked the secret to the Marine. Wow. Well, well done. Because, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And really, the the um, every scene in the movie uh, in between the explosion sequences had about um, the same amount of depth and feeling as, like, uh, Nintendo cutscenes where, like, you would see uh, a digital picture of two people and then white text would scrawl across the bottom uh, telling the story and their dialogue. So that's uh, the most fitting analogy. Kudos. You may be giving this movie too much credit. Maybe it's more on the level of, like, elevator action. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, where, you, where you're like, oh, well, you got to ride the elevator. Yeah, yeah. And that's about as deep as it goes. Yep. But um, anyway, John Triton amazingly catches up. The the river does not go in, say, the opposite direction of the road, and um, mm-hmm. he hops on the big rig, and uh, he throws Rome's girlfriend into an oncoming truck, bus. <laughs> this, I couldn't tell what happened here. It was kind of weird. That was a um, really unsettling scene, because, mm. uh, yeah, uh, Rome's female accomplice slash girlfriend 
who he uh, makes love to in one of the earlier scenes, and they see they. It's it's possible. Well, she may have been just saying exhibitionist, like Kelly Kelly. Maybe mm-hmm. just like taking her clothes off. Maybe oh, he just like to watch. It was just implied, but we'll we'll assume they had uh, the sex. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so they seem to have genuine affection for each other. Did uh, mm-hmm. Rome and the woman? Although there's no <laughs> yes. honor, no honor among thieves. We should point that out. But um, yeah, and then so sh- they're sitting uh, in the two front seats in the truck, and John Triton uh, jumps on the truck, uh, runs all the way up to the passenger side door, and then he just straight up murders this girl. Yeah, he um, grabs her with one hand and throws her out the window, and she smashes through uh, the windshield of another truck. So. I don't know if that betrays the marine ethos or what, but it was weird. He just grabs her and kills her. Yeah. And um, you saw, like, like the diamonds land, and then you saw them covered in blood, I guess her blood, from going through a mm-hmm. window or or motor or what have you. So Very symbolic, some, some heavy symbolism there of um, greed, the nature of man, uh, yeah. in the human heart, an evil spirit can dwell, and uh, the ill ill rewards that happen to those who do evil. Mm. But um, this, I, if I could comment for a moment on the um, the girl, mm-hmm. the female bad girl. Yes. Like, um, I would say the worst actor in the movie was probably um, the white large henchman who got chokeslammed. <laughs> agree with that? He was probably the most wooden of everybody. Oof, this is... um. Quite a lot to choose from, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you sure. But, um, the evil girl was, uh, some kind of something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did my due diligence for this program and, uh, you know, you know my prep time, and I researched her background to confirm mm-hmm. she is Australian. Oh. And, uh, what kicked me off to that is throughout the movie, she's either, um, coming in and out of an Australian accent or she is in a bizarre, melded accent or dialect kind of uh, that made her sound like Lebanese and retarded. So, um, really weird. Not that I think she deserved to get uh, murdered in cold blood. Like, mm. I would have preferred that uh, John would have just gone to great and elaborate lengths um, crafting uh play on words that insinuate that she's a slut. So I think sure. that would have been a uh, fair comeuppance as opposed to tossing her through glass. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, let's see. The girlfriend truck. Then uh, uh, John uh, Triton's wife is um, handcuffed to the truck. And uh, the truck goes off uh, a ledge as more stuff blows up and we get the climactic uh, fist fight, although I, I think Rome used a, a pipe at one point. A pipe and... Fittingly, a sledgehammer. Oh, that! Oh, and he correctly. He did not do the the Triple H method of holding it like a, a watermelon per se and, and beating someone with it, right. but actually swinging it like an instrument as it's supposed to be used. He did not um, punch someone with his knuckles with the force of a sledgehammer behind them to add <laughs> yes. the power to it. He just but, um, and um, I what? Does he John Triton did something to Rome? We we thought he died and uh. He he saved his wife, although she had been underwater. I think at like about ten minutes by that point. <laughs> but um, 
then uh, shockingly, and I don't think that's ever happened before in motion pictures, the bad guy who we thought was dead turned out to be alive. And John killed him again in about 10 seconds by doing something or other. Right. It was a very um, culminating scene with a lot of drama there, where basically John and the number one epitome of evil villain fought for like five minutes while Kelly was underwater. And um, then John finished him off with like, I don't know, he like monkey flipped him (laughs) onto... uh, some aluminum or something like that. And yeah. We just kind of assumed he was gone because they stopped fighting. <laughs> and then he came back as um, in RoboCop when that one guy in, in Clarence Bodiger's gang mm-hmm. gets covered in acid and his, his face uh, melts. And then mm-hmm. so um, Rome had a, like a, a bloody disfigured face for his one shocking moment. And uh, yep. very, very horrifying. Uh, but then I think John just like stood up and sold for him like D-Generation X, basically. Uh, <laughs> as it, uh, and um, I think broke his neck using a chain, maybe. Yeah, he did something with a chain and um, killed him. The, the cops show up and uh, his wife is awake and uh, then it ended. The end. Yeah. What we thought she wasn't going to wake up, and she did, uh-huh. so that was nice. And then, yeah, like I said, uh, doesn't answer the question of what John is going to do in his post-Marine life, because he, she wakes up, they kiss, he makes some kind of comical uh, final five seconds of a sitcom joke, uh, and everybody laughs, and then the credits roll. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do a final tally here. I think uh, John Triton... Killed four people. Uh, well, maybe only three: the black guy, the the bad girl in in, uh, in Rome. Yes. And um, he beat up a cop and stole his boat. Yes. Uh, he caused about whatever the budget for this film was worth of uh, property damage. Mm-hmm. And um, also, there's the the dead cop who may be a little hard to explain. Yeah, if his body is even found, you know. Yeah. So. Um, I believe this movie uh, would have uh, ended with uh, John Triton going to jail and his wife being brain damaged from lack of oxygen. <laughs> Happy ending. More or less. Right, because the one uh, using the cop from the boat who, who Triton um, left with his hands t- uh, cuffed behind his back and stole his yeah. boat, I don't think he's just going to say, you know what, John Triton did what needed <laughs> to be done, and I respect him for that. So... So that's probably why the movie just ended like it did, because uh, not good times ahead for uh, for the Marine. But Ooh. You know, Brian Albert said last week it's hard to hate John Cena, but uh, I think it got a little bit easier this week. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, Cena, in a vacuum, acquitted himself okay. Mm. His acting didn't make time and space stop, like some of the people in the evil gang. But um, <laughs> they didn't really ask a lot of him. Like, no. like John might not be your and, and my cup of tea, but he's a charismatic guy, and he can uh, deliver funny lines even if the material is not very funny. But he never really was asked to do any of that. Um, you know, it was kind of like the Scorpion King where they had a lead who was not a conventional actor, but um, he has a really great personality, 
except you know the way his character uh, exists um they don't really let him show it and they just mostly want him to act uh angry and stoic and run a lot and punch people there you go well, um, I looked in The Observer this week, and, and Vince McMahon said this movie was successful, in quotes. <laughs> so we're going to get the inevitable sequel here, and um, I could see I could see the Marine 2 lockdown, where he gets sent to Guantanamo Bay and has to kick ass down there. And then, to complete the trilogy, we have the Marine 3 back in Iraq, where he has to chase down, and oh, you'll love this, this is there's a, a former Olympic medalist named Kurt Anel, who is a traitor to his country. And he has teamed up with Osama bin Laden, and uh, John Triton has to take them both down. And Cena is not greeted as a liberator because he's male. <laughs> he's booed by all the male, uh, <laughs> and they reject him as a hero. I would say this: I did not see this movie in front of a, a big crowd because maybe the men would start booing Cena when he was <laughs> acting, and the women and children would cheer, and we would have uh, really that that atmosphere. But no. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, if the majority of the cast is going to be that bad, I, I mean, Cena didn't do anything. Kelly and um, Rome were okay, but, you know, coasting, not acting at the yeah. peak of their powers, not knowing what that peak may be. But mm-hmm. if the rest, I don't see why they won't just do, like, full-length versions of the, the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood commercials and do all wrestler casts. My uh, my dream WWE project for movies would be if they did Bloodsport, but with wrestlers. The I only like problem it. would be that would be kind of like an MMA film. I think people would see it. So, That's but when the, you could have every everyone could be in there. You could have mm-hmm. Viscera in there, Charlie Haas, everyone. Right, and um, it'd basically be like one of those. Um, what's the Manhattan bomb WWE uh, fiction book? Oh, um, Big Apple Takedown. Big Apple Takedown, where every wrestler is involved. Like, you, it really, you you can't take that many people off the road at one mm. time, but um, if they're going to use such shitty generic actors, <laughs> they'd be better off getting someone who's really entertaining in skits like, like Booker T in there. Like, imagine yeah. Booker T doing the hard candy soliloquy. <sighs> We know uh, Booker T has experience of being in the Scorpion King himself. Oh, yeah. And he's got a sword, too. Look at my sword, sucker. <laughs> but it, okay, if um if they did do an all-wrestler cast, who, which uh, superstar would you cast in the role of Rome for this film? Oh, boy. It's too bad Christian's not still around, because he had that kind of smarmy, mm-hmm. I'm a smart guy kind of thing. Nowadays, um... I'll put Fit Finley in there. Because <laughs> he, he, he does love to fight, and um, he is a bad dude. And um, he could punch John Triton in the face. Yes, and um, Kelly, Kelly. Kelly sure. Kelly as uh, Kelly Kelly as his wife would be great, because she could um, breathlessly coo those lines like, Oh my God, John, you're back from war. Thank God, I missed you so much. I can't believe you're back. And then she could take her, her shirt off because he's an <laughs> exhibition, exhibitionist. Well, I wonder what other projects we could see from WWE. I mean, the, the big show Kurt Angle buddy comedy is uh, <laughs> no more thanks to, yeah. to Kurt's 
that's always been like to me by far the most promising sounding one but that's never going to happen now no um not just because kurt is out of the company but because kurt angle in 2006 can't really play a goof or a a character with levity because he seems more like a man whose soul has been murdered and that's just not that amusing like um if Kurt, as we know him now, can you imagine him on the set of a movie? Um, <laughs> he would put um, oh Lindsay Lohan's behavior to shame. Oh. But he, you can see him wandering around the set uh, between takes, incoherent, um, insist on on uh, working his house show schedule at the same time he was filming, <laughs> flying back every morning, and. Um, presumably end up uh, hospitalized while Dave Hawk uh, insists that it's just for quote-unquote exhaustion. So not uh, not all that um, fulfilling to well, the, the potential of an, an angle show movie. No. Although it is worth noting, you and I once created uh, friends with, with wrestlers involved. Hey, I know that's right. We had cast uh, Chris Jericho, Christian, and Randy Orton on the male side. I know it was Trish... I think Lita, and I forget the, the sixth cast member. Had to be Trish and Lita because this was during the um, Jericho and Christian bet yes. to yes. flower them. Um, so I don't remember who the third uh, woman was. Maybe um, Gail Kim or Molly Hall. I think, oh, it may, it may have been Gail Kim. Sadly, that will never happen either for mm. hundreds of reasons. But um, Nope. Nope. Promise. Well, I would like to see. Like, I do not want to see the Marine Two. I don't want to see. I didn't even see See No Evil. Which, nor did uh, I. But a a crossover where the Marine battles Jacob Goodnight. Ooh. Maybe, maybe. I just remember hearing about See No Evil, where where young uh, rapscallions have to clean up a hotel where the Jacob Goodman is, and uh, one of them volunteered for this because he read on the internet that there was treasure in the hotel. <laughs> he is apparently the only person that ever visited this website and glommed this information. So, and I saw that, I'm like, yeah. A hotel. So. A tr- you know, often um, Navajo Indians or um, American settlers uh, like from Spain, would bury uh, treasure, gold and, and doubloons uh, underneath um, abandoned hotels from the from the early 20th century. Sure. I've heard about those. Maybe. Well, I think that's going to do it for our film edition of uh, Joe vs. the World. Always great fun to have you on for your third and a half or fourth appearance. Very, very exciting. And, uh, I don't know if you have anything to plug uh, besides your MySpace page, which we will certainly link to. Lovely. Um, should we do um, for official, like for people who just skip to the end, thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, I give this two thumbs down. I also give it the same amount of thumbs down. I would recommend My... it, but only to do um, comical reviews on internet wrestling podcasts. I, I do think it has been worth it because of the show we have just produced. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about seeing the Marine. No. Well, but yeah, we got something out of it. We made it productive. We did. We took a negative and turned it into a positive. Yep. Like K-Fed. <laughs> K-Fed should have been the, the villain in this film. Oof. 
That that would have been some. Or K Fed could have played the um, the Drake character or whatever his name was. The guy when John works um, as a security the, uh, guard who gets thrown fat out. Fat security guard friend. Mouth off to him. Yeah. I think that guy needed to be fat to uh, make John look better. <laughs> he definitely so. wasn't fat enough. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But um, yeah. Oh well, what could have been. Oh well, 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 was on CSI, so he he has acting experience. He's got the chops, as yep. they say in the biz. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. We will get you on again. Perhaps we'll we'll, we'll put together a big year-end show to review Ooh. the big stories awesome. of the year, like my record-setting number of appearances. That's true. That would make it a uh, five or four and a half, depending Ooh, how you get All there. Right. But as oh, always, I, I go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I could tape some some promos advertising this show, and then um, Cubs could splice the MP3 and then put it up as like a preview, like the the Saturday Night Live commercials they have for the host uh, throughout the week. <laughs> I could so I could just if we stopped in like three, two, one, and then I'll I'll tape one. Oh, I'll do all right. All right. Maybe just one because that's all people need to sell it. Um, Probably. Um. Okay. So, well, I can do an ECW-style one. Um, All right, here we go. Three, two, one. My name is Justin Shapiro. People say I'm a little crazy, a little outrageous. But what I am most of all is a guest on the Joe Gagne Show, getting down and dirty, talking the Marines, starring John Cena be there. Download it with your computer and your internet connection. Stare into camera. There we go. <laughs> Fantastically well done. All right. All right. Well, uh, I encourage everyone to visit JoeVersusTheWorld.com or TheCubsFan.com. We have a full archive of shows, including all of Justin's prior appearances, which I, I highly recommend. And um, I think that's it, unless you have any final words. I'm good. I'm fulfilled. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And um, our next show is the big 25th show, our half-year anniversary. And uh, shooting to get Vince very high on. Vince is a, a tough nut to crack to get in touch with. But I'm going to do my damnedest uh, to have a show with him. So look look for that soon. And um, I want to thank everyone for listening. And I will talk to you soon. 